morning, church. Great to be with you again. Um, this morning, we're starting a new part of our message, a part of the Legacy Program, talking about mission or Missio Day. And I want to read this morning and start this series by reading from Matthew chapter 5. And you might wonder how much this has got to do with mission, but hopefully as we go on this morning, it will come self-evident. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 Jesus speaking, and he said, You've heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. One of my fears, I suppose, as being um, the lead pastor, along with Darlene of Hope You See, is that as a church that we would just go through the motions of life and church life and spirituality and actually only love those people who love us in return. Instead of actually reaching out and bringing tangible, transforming change to other people. Some people say that social justice is a perversion of the true gospel. Rather than seek and engage in mission, they, we, they say that we should only preach the word and that will be enough to transform people's lives. My comment to that would be, it just sounds like such a sad and a mean way to do life. On the other hand, on the probably the other way to the extreme that we could make reference to is that some people believe that the church should spend all of its time, all of its energy, all of its resources on only helping the poor and nothing else, no gospel needed. And I say in reflection to that, that sounds a very hopeless endeavour. I think the best thing that we can do is to really look at the life and the ministry of Jesus to understand what mission really looks like. See, we see Jesus engaged in social justice actions, of course. He feeds the hungry, he defends the oppressed, he stands up for women's rights and he shows grace where grace is needed. He loves the outcast, the despised, the rejected and the sinner. And he calls on the rich and powerful to give their money to the poor and take on the needs of the helpless. Jesus' mission is pretty clear. He summarized it himself in Luke chapter 4 by quoting the prophet Isaiah. He says that he wants to give sight to the blind people, that he wants to bring liberty to the captors and deliverance to the oppressed. But he starts off this mission statement by saying, proclaiming the good news, the true gospel is actually preaching the good news and doing everything we can to help people physically and emotionally. Why? Why should we do these things? Well, obviously it was Jesus' mission. Why wouldn't we be on the same mission? But let me put it to you another way. See, when we do these things, when we follow Jesus' call out in Luke chapter four, we are reflecting the work that God's done in us. 
See, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, um, in chapter 9, verse 24, he says it this way. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth. And I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. I mentioned the prophet Isaiah and I want to turn to this bunch of verses here, which is um, a pretty challenging bunch of scriptures. In Isaiah chapter 58, this prophet describes what the actions of justice truly look like and then describes them and relates them to the intimacy of God. Isaiah 58 verses 6 to 9. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumours. The prophet was pretty blunt in actually saying what true justice, what true um, work of our salvation is. Your good works cannot bring you closer to salvation. It's a gift from God. It's an amazing gift. His mercy. We all don't deserve this gift, but he's gifted it to every single person on planet Earth. Jesus said in one of his famous uh, preachers on the mount, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. My question to you this morning, my question for me is why should we give so much? Another way I suppose that we can talk about this subject is why would I sacrifice for people I don't know? I mean, one of those answers this morning should be that because Jesus gave us everything. He commanded us, go into all the world. But it's not exactly convenient, is it? Our mission of theology is based around John chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you, the Holy Spirit. Jesus commands us to go. Jesus commanded, God commanded Abraham to go. He said to go to a place that he didn't understand, that he didn't know what the destination was. But the most important thing that God called Abraham to do was go. Yet Jesus again repeats this message to us. He says, go, go into all the world, both local and global. When we surrender to the call of discipleship to Jesus Christ, what we're really saying is that we accept the great faith adventure, 
that we accept this great commission. You can't accept salvation and then not have an action of go in your life. It's actually impossible. You must love God and also love your neighbour, the Bible says. Jesus says it so plainly. That is what salvation is about. Each new generation has a profound call to pass on the baton of this world-changing gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ to those people who've never heard the message. It's Please don't that we just don't sit in our bedrooms. We don't sit in our lounge rooms. We don't sit in our campus buildings and actually just love on those that love us. There's a compelling that must take us into the go. Robert Moffat, who I've read his books, many of them, and he wrote a lot about and also inspired David Livingston. He wrote this some many years ago. He says, in the vast plain to the north, I have sometimes seen in the morning sun, the smoke of a thousand villages where no missionary has ever been. He's talking about where the go is. I mean, David Livingstone, he's um, been buried right in that cathedral, right in the middle of London there. I mean, one of the largest ever funerals ever to occur in London. It was a great missionary taking the good news of Jesus Christ to Africa. He wrote back once to David, to Moffat, and he said this, if you have men who will only come if they know there is a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there is no road at all. We're talking about the great adventure, the sacrifice of going places that are unknown to us. Yet our human nature wants us to resolve all of the unknowns before we take the adventure. But the sacrifice of faith, listen to it, the sacrifice of faith is actually going where you can't control the outcome where we leave the outcome to the mystery of God, to the power of a Holy Spirit using us in the midst of our go. How inconvenient is that? Let me say this another way. Your sacrifice actually shows your commitment. I mean, if there's no sacrifice, you might be a noisy gong making all sorts of noises about different issues and different ideas, but if there's no sacrifice, your voice is easily ignored. But show me sacrifice, show me commitment. I'll show you influence. I'll show you leadership. I'll see a life of destiny and change. Love is measured by its willingness to be inconvenienced. Love is never about convenience or expedience. Love for Jesus sometimes just seems so easy. What's not to love about him? He's beautiful. But here this morning, I want to talk about true love. Jesus Christ loved us while we were still sinners, while we were still ungodly, and where we were, to be honest, at war with God. He loved. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. Our great need was met by his great love, provided by a great God. God's part is done. Nothing is left to do on planet Earth. It's already redeemed. We've just got to be part of the go. 
So this morning, my challenge is, what are you going to do with this Great Commission? How are you going to enter into the journey of inconvenience? Keeping a heart for missions is really as simple as staying in love with Jesus. If you are in love with him, well, then you'll put up with so many inconveniences and sacrifices so that other people can also participate in this great love. P.F. Breeze, the founder of the Church of the Nazarene, has this quote, we are debtors to every man to give him the gospel in the same measure in which we have received it. If Jesus Christ, C.T. Stutt says, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. If you're going to follow Jesus, let's make it clear that to do so will not necessarily make your life easier, but it will make it better. Love is inconvenient, but love also is its own reward. By following Jesus and reaching out to other people, we become the very person we've always dreamed about. That world-changing, abundant life, living person that is happy, prosperous, and to be envied. Let's willingly be inconvenienced every day because the gospel compels us. Thank you for joining with us today. I hope that this message this morning to Christians has been a challenge to you about inconveniencing yourself, about taking on the spirit of sacrifice because Jesus compels us. He said, go into all the nations. Don't just love the lovable, but actually love every single person you come across. Maybe you're joining us today and you can't say with the confidence that maybe you feel that I've been talking about this morning that you are a Christian. Well, I want to offer you that opportunity this morning that God offers you, this point of salvation. It's simply a prayer that talks about turning away from living for yourself to living a life living for God. In this prayer that we will be asking God for forgiveness for all of the things that that we've muddled up and that we've messed up for all the things we've done wrong, that God can set our course right. It's a simple prayer and that prayer starts this great adventure that I was talking about today. Let's pray together. In the chat room, you'll see there's a link that if you would like this prayer, if you wanna really engage in this moment, that you can click on that link and our team there wanna talk to you and help you understand what I've just been talking about, please do that. I'd encourage you to do that. If you don't have the confidence that you can say, yeah, I'm, I'm a follower, or I don't quite understand yet, just click on that link and our team will walk you through this prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, I turn away from living for myself. I now turn my life and point towards you. I call myself a disciple and apprentice of Jesus Christ. I take on that spirit of sacrifice about living for you and not living for myself. God, please forgive me for all the wrong things that I've done in my life. And I present myself just as I am to your mercy and to your grace. And we pray that prayer in the strong name of Jesus Christ. 
Again, if that prayer has meant something to you this morning, click on that link in the chat room. Allow Pastor Kylie and her team to help you actually understand the prayer that you've just prayed. I mean, I pray also that that seed that you prayed this morning is well protected, that it, that goes into good soil and is watered. Get some good, strong Christians around you. Place yourself in a community of faith somewhere so they can help you understand and unpack the decision that you've just made. The gospel is not meant to do life on your own. It's meant to do life in community. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that next week that you'll also join in, hopefully in one of our campus buildings. You can register online on Monday or we'll be here at this space again. Uh, looking forward to hearing Darlene bring part two of this message around mission. God bless you guys. Mm -hmm.